Eyes up, Guardians. We are live for episode 93 of the Conqueror's Corner podcast. Today is December the 29th, year 2022, and I am the Destiny bad boy, not Ryan Fox. Here with my fire team, who all of you CCPs know by now, Jared. You know, I think um, last week, Fox took the week off, and this week, uh, the Destiny API is taking the week off, so... I don't know what who's taking it off next week, but somebody's not going to be around. And the chronicler himself, Chad Ocero. I, I can say the API being down made it slightly annoying to get lore uh, settled in uh, this week, but uh, I, I got it figured out, so we're ready to go. And remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, that you can take us on the road via Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast services. Make sure you subscribe. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, click the bell, turn on notifications, yada, yada, yada. Follow us on Twitter at DestinyCCPod. Send us a bunch of friend requests. Uh, the links for that will be in the description of the podcast along with a link to our Discord server. Uh, once again, we did not have a TWAB. I believe this is week three of eight of Bungie's uh, Christmas vacation. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, let's listen to the intro music from everybody's favorite link who you can find on Twitter at Wink of Time G. All right, everyone. Um, no twelve this week, as we mentioned, but um, it is time for us to review the Spire of the Watcher dungeon. So this released um, was this been out since the ninth now? So it definitely had a few runs in us. Um, some together, some alone, some probably with some LFG here or there. So we probably have a good feel for it now, and what and how it stacks up to other dungeons, and how we just overall enjoy it when somebody's like, hey. I want to go run a dungeon. What dungeon do you want to run? So where does that fall in line there? So we're going to be covering all that. So load into this mission, you get uh, some dialogue from Osiris that leads you in and uh, you're, you're in Mars and you start going down towards your waypoint and you see this power cord on the left as you're kind of following around through there. And it's kind of is going to lead you down the path of what you're going to be following throughout this dungeon. And that's going to be wires. So you eventually you lead to this uh, almost like a small town. You get that Western music and all of a sudden a, uh, what's the word for it? It goes across tumbleweed? the street. I believe you're Tum- talking about a tumbleweed, sir. Yeah, tumbleweed. Um, uh, and apparently the physics of that tumbleweed, it might be the heaviest object uh, ever in Destiny's history, so don't stand in front of it. <laughs> all right. Um, so here you're going to learn the basic mechanic of the dungeon, and that is getting Arctrician, and you get that by defeating the uh, Minotaurs. So that's this, you look for the guys with purple shields, take them out, and then try to start tracing some cords back, right? Right, chap? Yeah, so once you once you kill a Minotaur, uh, whether in Master or not, it's, it's always going to be a Minotaur, um, it's going to drop a pool, and the pool is going to give you the buff. Uh, once you leave the buff, it starts to count down from 30 seconds. Uh, you got to find the starting point of the wires and then the ending point. The ending point for the wires at in every section of this for the yellow wires is going to be near a door or near something that needs to be activated. Um, so in the beginning, it's near a door. So there's a junction box near the end of like the, the center area there. Um, and you'll see all four of them congregate there. So you can kind of follow the wires backwards from there. Uh, the beginning node is kind of easy to spot because it, it has the little diamond node you got to shoot, but then it has these rectangles on it that show arrows pointing to which direction the current needs to go to. So once you get Arctrician, you go to the beginning of the wire, you shoot the first node, and it'll activate. That'll give you an extra, I believe, seven seconds on the clock, five to seven seconds. It'll add on to your, your already um, going timer. And then you follow the cord, go to the next one, shoot it, 
timer gets extended, go to the next one, shoot it, timer gets extended. Um, and then you basically do that for all four of them. Um, the first encounter, there's four. It just to kind of get you used to following the cord, following the leader and getting, getting where you need to go. Um, there is a little trick in the first encounter. If you want to make it a little bit easier for yourself, don't shoot the final nodes next to the, the main area, main junction box until you're ready to move on. Uh, once you shoot uh, a node and complete the circuit on any one of the, the wires, like if you complete any one of them at all, that's when supplicants start to spawn in the first section. Um, so if you don't want to deal with supplicants, don't finish the wires until the very end, until you're ready to go. Um, but yeah, that's basically the, the, the encounter mechanics is kill a mentor, pick up the arctrician buff, find the beginning of a cable, run it back. And there you go. Simple as simple as it gets. And if you run out of your, your buff minotaurs are going to spawn back in. Um, so it's easy enough. Stay alive, kill minotaurs, activate some nodes. In this opening counter too, you can also see the spire itself that you're going to be heading towards um, basically in the background. That's like a huge antenna. Um, and after you unlock that door, you fall down in and you have like a jumping puzzle slash just like deal with annoying ads from a distance for a little while. And, and Fox said this part of the, the dungeon is kind of like the more of a frustrating part. And it's just like a just you just got to put the time in, right? Yeah, it, it's also... A, a little bit frustrating because in, in my opinion this is it really tests your limit if you're on a class that's not your main class as far as your jumping abilities uh with warlock you might not get the initial height or any of that stuff but you kind of have a, a a longer time that you can be boosted so you can cover a lot more like horizontal distance, I feel like on a warlock than with other classes, uh, which really helps with this jumping puzzle. But going from say like warlock to titan, where titan you can get faster and shorter distances, or uh, maybe move higher than you can with the warlock. But I feel like you miss that extra. So make sure you have uh, those those boots that help you on the on the other classes and things. Make sure you have those ready. All right. Uh, next, you finally get to um, climbing the spire, which is, I guess, like the, technically the first encounter where you're going to get a uh, a chest to drop. And just like you did in the opening encounter, you're going to find a minotaur, find where the cords lead, and just trace them until you get uh, until you complete the jump jet box area. I don't know. It's like a wind cannon the that shoots man, you. Not cannon, but elevator. Yeah, it's, it's uh, going to be a main cannon. I'm with me, yeah. Cannon. Yeah. Shout out to the old Halo days. Um, yeah, so you're going to do that three times. And like as you get up the tower, things get um, a little more complicated as in tracing the wires. Some of the wires overlap. They start in different, uh, not the same space. Um, like when you compare it to level three compared to level one. A little more ads. Um, and then, Chad, I think you have some a 10 bit for not the for supplicants again. Yeah, so um, for, for for this one, uh, while you're climbing the spire, obviously you're going to be doing lots of jumping around and landing on platforms, and it's going to be very scary because you're very high up, and you could fall to your death if you're not very good at platforming. Um, but there's going to be two hiders that spawn in on opposite sides of the tower and kind of just circle around it, and they'll, they'll just go to town on you. Um, and so... You, you want to kill him right off the bat. You want to kill him to get him to stop shooting at you. Problem is, once you kill one, I believe it's once you kill a Hydra, supplicants start spawning in. Um, so leave him alone or blind him and then leave him alone. Um, but uh, yeah, like Jared said, the the starting points for the wires gets trickier and trickier and the, the wires get longer and longer for per each floor that you go to. Typically... The starting point is where the Minotaur spawns for the first two layers, first two floors. On the third floor is is a little bit trickier. They spawn on opposite ends. Only sometimes does a, uh, a Minotaur spawn in there next to it. So you got to kind of like look around. And, and if, if you kill a Minotaur and you can look in your general vicinity and the starting point isn't there, you're going to have to do some looking. But uh, yeah, typically if you kill a Minotaur, the starting node is going to be right next to you somewhere. It's going to be right there. So um, really quick and easy way to get started there. 
All right, next after you get done climbing the spire, it's time to uh, face a similar boss that if you've been around a destiny, you've probably seen before. And basically, I'm just called this the. Um, oh, what was that boss? The Garden of Salvation harpy. harpy boss. Yes. So um, that that accounts. So you're going to do the exact same thing again to get um, damage face started. You got four different coordinates you gotta like trace the wire out to just like how on that encounter of garden of salvation you have the baseball diamond that you have to complete the four corners and get it all um safe and, and, and tethered so basically you're tethering with arctrician all the way out to every end point and then the last point that you complete is where the damage phase starts from and that harpy's gonna come up to you it's gonna show all of its red lights you gotta shoot them all and then you got a small damage phase to pump out as much DPS as possible as it travels back to the middle of the spire and hangs out for a bit. And then um, it goes into almost like a red wave is about to hit and it, it'll it blow you back. So depending on where you are on that rooftop, it can blow you off the rooftop. It'll just blow you back or you can drop down into, into cover in different ways. So just be aware of the destiny physics. Even though you think you might be behind covers. You might get clipped a little bit, and it's going to shoot oh, you yeah. into a wall very quickly. And then it'll it's, shoot it's you very th- much, 30 meters backwards. Yeah. It's very much based off line of sight. So it's one of those, like, if, if you can't see it, it probably can't see you, but just to be safe. Um, there is a trick to that, too. If you save or if, if you have two Titans, um, in, in a, if you have 10 resilience, you can actually use your banner shield for quick reloading to shoot the eyes out in the beginning near the end normally we drop down in like the second hole so that we are safe if you jump just right over that and place your little barricade there too as long as you're behind it you don't even have to duck as long as you're behind a barricade you won't get booped it's really odd even if it's the short one and you can still keep shooting at the boss you're Mm -hmm. behind that barricade it doesn't count you won't get booed backwards uh, Luke Smith, I know that you listen to this podcast every week. Please uh, adjust that to where it's fair for non-Titan <laughs> players. Thank you. <laughs> Just play the good class. All right, so you took out the Harpy, and um, Osiris figured out that they have gone to overload the circuit or something like that, so you have to get down to the mainframe very quickly. So this is where you're going to learn about the red wires. And basically with those... I learned a day. <laughs> you got to shoot R5 connectors within a, a small time frame to open up the next door. Jared, I'm do disappointed. That. I'm disappointed in you. You did yeah. mention that you have to drop through fan blades, um, a la Outbreak Perfected. They mm. kind of gave a little wink and a nod to that, I feel, dropping through fan blades and having to land on the middle of the blade and then go through the side exit on that because they they even make you do it two different times i want to say mm-hmm. yeah that that part can be definitely unfun and you know uh i would say the servers have been um touchy these last few weeks and depending on how your your fire team set up you might be you think you've missed the blade but it's actually coming around and getting you even though that's not what's happening on your screen so um Definitely can have some frustrating moments there. They have a 45-second timer of to respond. So finally, you learn how to do the red wires, and it's time for the boss fight. And, um, man, Chad, this, this boss room is just, it's even more hectic <laughs> than duality. It is incredibly hectic, and the main problem is, is the uh, supplicants. They're what make it crazy hectic because in in duality, you can hide and you can kind of run away from enemies and they're like staying at a distance shooting at you. Uh, the signs kind of run up at you to, to, to hit you with the palm. But uh, otherwise, they, they stay off at a distance and just fire at you. But the supplicants, they'll they zoom right in you and they're just right in your face and you turn and you just start hearing the beep and you're, oh, no, <laughs> if it's master, you're dead. If it's not you can jump and then you'll, you know, you'll be low on health, but uh, yeah. And then the boss follows you from one room to the next and his attacks hurt really hard too. So if you don't have concussive dampener or a void dampening, it's going to hurt a lot. Um, There's, there's, there's two different strats we used in there. 
Uh, you can use Yallerhorn and rockets if you want to do something easier that doesn't require much aiming. Um, or you can use linears um, if everybody's really fine-tuned on their aiming. We like to use rockets because it's simple. Um, and we don't want to have to worry about, about missing a shot and ruining the vice sting or per proccing or something like that. Um, but basically room starts and you're in the main, you're in the front room boss comes to you and then you have to end up opening the doors to go into that main reaction reactor room. So you start off with the red, just red, red wires to open up the main door. So you, you, you kill a wave starts with two hydras that spawn in. Once you kill the hydras, the minotaurs will then spawn in after that. Once you kill those guys, obviously arctrician starts, you shoot the red ones to open the door. Main door opens in the middle. Um, and then ads will move from spawning from the starting point to the reactor point. So ads shift will shift over. Once you open the door, the yellow two out of the four yellow nodes will open up for you to follow into the reactor room. Now they could be two on the left, two on the right, one on each side changes from which ones, which two out of the four it's going to be. Um, your job is to get all of those nodes shot up to proc the end point, but you need to shoot the last one. Um, when the boss is in the reactor room, if you don't time it right and the boss is outside in the starting area, um, you'll miss a damage face and you'll have to start over. Um, uh, so you got to make sure you you kite the boss in, make sure he's in the room with you guys, shoot the final node, and you guys can run out. Once you run out, um, the red red nodes will open back up so you can close the door on it. Once you close the door on it, it'll panic, and then the reactor will detonate and DPS starts. DPS is a little scary because he runs right at you. He walks right at you um, slowly, but very wyvern-like, just shooting at you the entire time. Uh, this is why rockets are very nice because you don't have to be aiming down sights, flinching all over the place. You just fire straight, straight ahead. It's a very big target. You're not going to miss. Um, and then after a little bit, you move out of the way, he'll become immune again and face starts over. Yeah. And, um, the thing, big thing you're battling there, if you don't get that one phase off, which it's very few people is going to do that I, i've seen a couple youtube videos it's it's very difficult um ammo is going to be the hardest thing here with rockets and there's no champs and there's no uh, yellow bars to finish to make sure you uh secure some heavy so that's the biggest battle i think most comfortable fire teams will get a, a three phase off with the right amount of some rockets uh and ammo drops and then of course the, when you finally defeat that boss uh, it's going to drop you two engrams, one from any part of the dungeon, and one of them there special um, for the boss. And those exotic to chase, and you can get increased chances with the exotic as you do more of the triumphs. So that's like completing again on master, collecting all the uh, what was the the audio recordings. I don't know if you're touching on those today, Chad, or not, but maybe that's a future. No, no, but yeah, there are there are seven. See, I got a count in my head, but I think it's seven. Yeah. Um, that's a bungee number, right? Um, but there are seven audio recordings that you can find from after you open the door in the first encounter on, and uh, they're they're recordings that Aramis left there, and we'll get into we'll get into those on another another date. But um, finding all those will give you higher exotic chance. So definitely try to find them as fast as possible. Look up a guide if you if you really want to get them on your first run. Um, that increased exotic chance in the dungeon we were hoping was in it again and it is. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely not confirmed, but it's definitely much more leaning into this is going to be a thing that happens in dungeons and at, and hopefully moving into raids starting with Lightfall. But, uh, we'll see yeah. once Lightfall drops, but it's, it's a good thing. I yeah. like it a lot. You guys got that exotic to drop yet? Yeah. Chess Chess got it. Yeah. yeah. I know I missed I missed like the last week between <laughs> illness with my face being swollen double the size on half of my face. And uh my wife was positive for COVID. My daughter had strep throat. My son had some sort of staph infection and I had an ear infection. So between all four of us we were we were pretty effed up for the holiday season. 
Uh, so I pretty well missed an entire consecutive week of, of this. So I missed multiple things, uh, unfortunately, but it's all right because I played it pretty heavy during the first two weeks in order to, uh, get, be ready, like GM ready on time. So I'm not, I'm not terribly far behind these guys, thankfully. So, um, with that final grade for Spire of the Watcher, let's do a, let's do it out of 10. Let's not do a letter grade. Mm, let's do a okay. number grade out of 10. Okay. Uh, so let's say like, uh, a, a 7.0 would be like a, would be like a, a C minus. Right, so okay. like a seventy-five would be a C. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's base it up base it up on that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think any of us are going to grade it at one hundred because we've got some reused bosses and and those type of things. Uh, I will say uh, myself, I really like the length of the dungeon because if you get people that know what they're doing, you can be probably what thirty-five or forty minutes and out on a normal mode run. Um, I do like the armor set. I think the armor looks cool. I do like some of the weapons. I think they look nice. I think this is a, a pretty solid effort from Bungie. I do understand that they essentially reused one of the two bosses, and the other boss is uh, basically just a giant... Um, uh, what's the... Wyvern. Thank you. I wanted to say a giant chicken, but I knew that wasn't <laughs> it. So Wyvern. No, that's what it is. Um so the, the the boss room is a little bit of a pain, but not too bad with solid fire team. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to say an 84 out of 100 um, is going to be my final grade. Uh, that's the first score. I'm pretty much right there with you, Fox. Uh, I was thinking of an 82 in my mind, and that's mainly because of the armor set. That was like everybody's chasing those cowboy hats. Apparently, they have like one of the lowest drop rates uh, in this game. I've yet to get a cowboy hat. Dude, I've uh, been seeing like a like a like a twenty like a two point five percent drop rate. Granted, this mm-hmm. is like Paul Tassi and Twitter, and not much put into it other than uh, not not much put into it other than that. But that's kind of what mm-hmm. I've been seeing. Is that is that still the case? Yeah, I haven't got one yet. Not I, I don't know how many clears I have, but probably like six or seven. Um, but yeah, it's I bet I bet Chad has it. Nope. Well, what? Get out of here, man. I can't get helmets for the life of me, dog, or hunter cloak. Um, I have the hunter helmet, but it doesn't have the hat. The cloak does. Um, I, I, I definitely agree with both of them. Um, we haven't had Vex and I'm, I'm super biased for Rasputin, but it's, it's, it's like, it's a 85. It's a solid, solid, B mid for me. Um, the reusing of the the harpy boss was while it was cool is kind of annoying. Um, it could have been a different kind of harpy because we already know they can make different harpies because we've seen at least a couple different styles of harpy. Um, giant wyvern, it's like that's neat. Its wings annoy me to to no end because you can't see them sometimes and all of a sudden you just see immune and it's like ah there's the wyverns right there its wing is blocking damage right now um but i like the vex's enemies a lot the the new mechanic is is the follow the the follow the for arctrician follow the wires is is definitely neat um it's not a dunking mechanic so that's cool um so I'm, i mean i'm overall very happy with it uh, and lore wise, very happy with it. Uh, and again, we'll, we'll get into the lore a little bit later, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, I enjoy it very much. Very happy with it. So, so uh, 85 from Chad at uh, 84 from me and Jared, you said at uh, 82. Yeah. Hey, that's, uh, I feel like for the first time as a podcast, we're pretty close <laughs> into, <laughs> into that. Listen, if they can keep, uh, shitting out bees, for these dungeons, I'm going to be pretty happy for my $20 mm-hmm. uh, that I spend for like the dungeon key, AKA yep. just the, the yep. ultimate edition, the hundred dollar edition each year. You give me bees. I'm going to be happy. Yeah. It's whenever you start really stacking C dungeons with C seasons or D seasons. Yeah. And that's when I'm going to start to get a little, a little antsy. 
So how would you feel if you was a free-to-play player and you're like, all right, I'm actually going to purchase something in this game and they choose to purchase the dungeon key? Do you think that is the best money spent for $20? The, the, dungeon, key, the dungeon key, $20, you get duality and this? Yeah. You got to be pretty. You got to be pretty happy with that because let's be honest, that twenty dollars is better than the twenty dollars you would have got from the previous two seasons, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, so those two seasons, <clears throat> um, basically the last three seasons, I felt have been pretty C minus or below. Um, so if I if I was to recommend to a friend that was coming in to that has played Destiny in the past or is new to playing Destiny. I would say spend your $10 on this season because there are pretty good weapons and things to chase. Spend your $20 on the dungeon key because you're going to get armor that's going to be good to chase as well as weapons that are good to chase. I've watched, uh, whenever we did the charity stream, there was uh, uh, Carlos had the new bow from that. Uh, from that dungeon and it looked pretty cool. I don't know how good it is, like honestly and com- comparatively to other bows, but it looked, it looked like it had a pretty cool perk. Like you have like the big ring to shoot through and, and all that. So I uh, get that. So I would say outside of the $10 for this season, that $20 you spend um, is the best $20 you can spend outside of an expansion purchase which all the expansions like on steam right now are like 67 percent off up until like january the 5th or something i want to say i was kind of eyeballing it earlier um has have either of you looked at like the the steam winter sell and kind of yeah. what the prices are on that stuff i just think that's all on sale like everything's on sale for destiny yeah. too and i think it's i think it's like a a, a pretty a pretty solid sell as well i'll mm-hmm. walk while you guys talk I'm too scared yeah. to look at the <laughs> sale. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was a rumor out there, Chad, this week that in the semi-data mine that Bungie had the idea of making Lightfall a monthly subscription starting in Lightfall. And the reason was is to help new players. So, like, at that point, they was going to just switch over. Um, we were sounds so close, guys. Yeah, it sounds good. Like so, uh, eight bucks a month, that, I would have been happy. Yeah, I, I have I have it pulled up here. The Forsaken pack was six fifty nine, Shadow Keep eight twenty four, Beyond Light eleven ninety nine, Thirtieth Anniversary fourteen ninety nine, Witch Queen nineteen ninety nine. So uh, to me, that sounds pretty pretty fair as far as as far as like that stuff goes. So uh, you guys around, might have a have a different. You around so for, six, sixty maybe around seventy dollars around fifty dollars. You're all oh, the way 50. 50 all the way. All yeah, the way that's that's really good. Um. All right. Um. So that is it. I think for the Spire of the Watcher review. All right. It's time to move on to our three likes and three dislikes so i'll go ahead and start us off my like this week is that my titan hit 1590 Woo! so that means i moved on to the warlock i think it's sitting at uh 1587 with like maybe five out of eight so um and and with that i just like i wanted to put on a build that kind of just turned my brain off and didn't really have to concentrate like put down and powering well throw the fusion grenade, then shoot the weapon, then throw another fusion grenade. I just didn't want to do that, so I put Nezrax in on because I think um, Zer sold one that was like stupid good. At, yeah, at it wasn't last stupid season. good, but it, it, it was pretty good. It was pretty yeah. Good. I know exactly which one you're talking about. So let's put that on, put a void, we- void weapon on, and just like just got to use lots and lots of void abilities and void weapons. Um, my like this week is Bungie is Bungie's still the best They're They're still the best at what they do. Whenever they put new content out, it's, it's great. And I hate to, I hate to say it because there's, they get a little bit of the big head sometimes and what they, they'll, they'll put out 
one piece of content and expect it to live on for the next four four months. It feels like, but whenever they put new stuff out, it, it's it's pretty good. Wow, it's a side of Ryan you don't get to see every day. So somebody clip that. <laughs> um, let's see here. My my like is that the weekly story be wild and right now, dog, it's hitting real different right now and i'm happy about it okay of course again i'm very rasputin biased i will always enjoy rasputin um i very much liked um uh oh shoot what was the the last expansion in in uh d1 oh rise of iron sir rise of irons um i became a young wolf an iron lord um and so bitch. all the stuff that happened this week just made me very happy. And I was, I was there for it. Um, as soon as I even got a slight spoiler on it for Tuesday, I basically just muted all of my discord channels and just didn't look at Reddit until the end of, until I got, I got there and I like, I was like, shoot, I already know too much. And I enjoyed it very much when I played it. Um, but, uh, it's, if this is a sign of what's coming on, like I'm very excited for, for, how this is going to end um, and, and, and then be ready for, for light ball. But uh, there, there's a lot to, to go on about that. Um, now my dislike for the week is that I still do not have a good dungeon grenade launcher. I think I've only had two drop total, even with the secret chests. And I just, I haven't seen it with blinding at all. Um, and then I, there's, there's, what was it? Um, yeah, no, I, I haven't seen auto-loading holster either. I don't think those exist on this mm. gun. I haven't seen mm-hmm. it. They do, so I have it. Not real. It, no, I don't have it, so it don't exist. Yeah. Uh, my dislike is that Bungie, as much as I gave them some credit, Bungie is still Bungie, and they are uh, arrogant enough to think that they can take eight weeks off for Christmas and New Year's and not have to come into work and everything's just going to go as it goes. Uh, the API has been a wreck. The beginning of the season, we went weeks without it, and now they push out a little update to deal with like weapon balancing, and API is back to shit again. And Bungie relies on other people to complete their game, whether it be High Noon Studios or one of those types, uh, in the early D2 days or they come in uh, now and they need people to do the API such as DIM and all these other third-party services to come in and complete their game. They're just not able to do it. They won't admit they're too arrogant to say that they're not able to do it. And without these people doing these things, then we get 80% of the game that that we should have. All right. Um, so yeah, outside of Dim being down this week, which is just a tragedy in itself, that it's really hard to play Destiny without it. Um, I dislike this week is how expensive grenade unstoppable grenade launcher is, because it literally you just ruins everything in your gauntlets. Because like I I would like to have grenade launcher reload speed, because I'm using grenade launcher so much for unstops and just like in general ad clear. And it just feels so bad because it costs seven. So um, I just I don't see the need for these weapon uh, anti-champion mods to be costing that much because Bungie are making us use them um, because that's how they want us to play the game. Uh, they really need to bring down the price. I would say the max of three for any weapon um, uh, champion champion mod. All right, now we got weapons breakdown. And we are breaking down the Spire of the Watcher weapons. However, we have two weapons that are coming back that are in the dungeon, but uh, we've already had a chance at them once before. And that is the 7 Seraph Carbine and the 7 Seraph Officer Revolver. So with the, for that carbine, it's a kinetic 450 RPM auto rifle. So that's a precision frame. So um, you get a little benefits with it being that frame. So for PVE, I'm going small bore, serif rounds, uh, reconstruction, and target lock. So um, target lock, I think I mentioned last week, you can get up to 40% uh, 
Um, damage buff if you don't uh, don't move it off off of the target. So that's pretty good, and it pairs really well with reconstruction. For PvP, um, you kind of just make this thing a little more consistent. So it's again small bore ricochet round, uh, sorry, serif round, sorry, with dramatic tray reduction and moving target. This basically is going to be one of the most consistent auto rifles that you're probably going to fire. Um, all right, next up is the the officer revolver. So it's a 180 rounds per minute hand cannon. Uh, firstly, they took away time payload, and that's what this used to have in the fourth column. And yep, yep. that's what I, that's what I'd always go for. So that's no longer there. So um, I say this fourth column is definitely leaves a lot to be desired. So for PVE, I'm going corkscrew, serif rounds with reconstruction and vorpal. Um, this is nothing really exciting for me, and as a PVE hand cannon, I, you know it's competing with Fatebringer in the kinetic slot. So it's like if you have one of those, you're not really going to be using this one for the most part. Uh, PVP small bore uh, ricochet round, range finder, and then I was really hard to come up with something in this last column, and man, I just really don't want to say because they're all just terrible for pvp i gotta be able to do it but <laughs> if you're really good at shooting maybe got shot straight i don't i really don't think that's working too well in pvp like the way they wanted it to to play out um perfect float i just it's just basically frenzy but just gives you ae instead of actual like damage increase and increase reload so I guess harmony. Like you could probably talk me into a harmony with a with a one eighty. I guess if you're really into hand cannons, that's about it. Like this is this is a miss for me bringing this weapon back. Like that's why not a hand choose, cannon season, man? Like why would you bring this? Like as a serif weapons to bring back, you brought this one. And, it and had to. It that, had the word serif in the title of it. With those other weapons, they I mean, I think the Seraph shotgun would have been more of a, a fan favorite than this. Uh, they're kind of pushing away from shotguns, though, right? They don't really want shotguns to be in the place. This season, it feels like they want like a pulse rifle, a scout rifle, <clears throat> or a grenade launch, like a special grenade launcher, not even necessarily a heavy grenade launcher. So it, it's hard because... You know, I know that they have like the Icolos, the SMG, the shotgun, the sniper, the hand cannon, and uh, the carbine are kind of like the five that they're kind of pushing seasonal weapon wise. So um, I feel like there's triumphs applied to those. Chad, is that is that mm -hmm. right? Those are the kind of the five that you can craft or tr get triumphs from getting kills with. I believe that is correct. Yeah, pretty sure. All right, so now we got four new weapons that's coming out of the dungeon. Now, this first one is uh, Liminal Vigil. Uh, maybe I said it Vigil? right. Yeah. Uh, so that's the Stasis Aggressive Tuber Sidearm. And all of these weapons have come with a trait called Text Balance Stock. So that's damaging targets while firing from the hip, increases handling, reload speed, and movement speed while aiming down sights. So with, for this sidearm, um, the aggressive two burst is probably if I'm going to pick a sidearm to use, and like I'm in a bad place if you ever see me doing that, um, it's the aggressive two burst. So for PVE, I'm going to go small bore, flared magwell, headstone, and swashbuckler together. Um, you could probably talk to me into a, a couple of different perks in that last column for PVE. Uh, I see the other option, just like the standard kill clip. I mean, who doesn't always enjoy Kill Clip? But also this also gets Desperado, which is something that hasn't shown up before. And it's on um, basically there's a small a hand pulse rifle at this point. Uh, PVP, small bore ricochet rounds, tap the trigger with Kill Clip. So tap the trigger should proc every time you pull down the trigger or click the mouse button. So I guess it should make this pretty good in PVP. 
All right, so Chad, what you tell us about this uh, grenade launcher? That, <laughs> that you about the grenade launcher you like I can't, so much, I can't Chad? Say much, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about it. Um, I do know that it's a, a void uh, double fire grenade launcher, so it's, so it's two rounds at at, at a time. Um, for for PVE, what you're looking for, which doesn't exist, uh, you're looking for a quick launch, blinding grenades, uh, and then auto loading holster in that that third slot, and then uh, Vorpal or uh, LFG. Um, what's the Oh, lead for gold. Uh, lead from gold. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I don't really like that perk. I don't think I've seen lead from gold on this either. So, so as far as I'm concerned, I've seen nothing. Not, none of yeah. these. I think I've if seen you, disruption break. So lead for gold is like literally if you're using it as, um, like if you're using a exotic primary weapon. So let's just say you're using Ashur Shriga in your kinetic slot. And you're using a linear fusion as you're heavy, like you're using this grenade launcher only to just blind enemies. That's like it's using it as a tool, not as a DPS weapon. So that's why I think auto auto loading paired with lead for gold can be really good in that situation. So I got pretty you close to that. Bricks to get you ammo. Yeah, I got frenzy in that gotcha. last column instead. Uh, so I got blinding, auto loading, and then frenzy. I like it a lot. I think that's. Uh, I think that's. I think that's what i have i think i believe i know i have like a auto i would look it up but that's not an option <laughs> i think i have auto loading <clears throat> frenzy i have mine, frenzy which is uh which it's really nice the the only issue is if you played that season of the splicer you could get a pretty a pretty decent role on a kinetic grenade launcher from that season. Jared, do you remember the name of it? Ignition code. Ignition code. You could get a pretty similar one. So if you have one of those, I wouldn't be like killing yourself to get this roll, but I do prefer this roll because it does have the double fire. Uh, and it is, it's really fun specifically in like those playlist activities uh, you can do you can do a, a lot of pretty cool stuff with it, and also in Gambit as well. Um, now for for PvP, we want quick launch spike nades for that that increased damage there, uh, demolitionist or auto loading holster and disruption break. Um, now the demo is always fun because getting kills in PvP with a special weapon gives you a good chunk of grenade energy back. So that's always nice. And then auto loading just so you can fire it quick, stow it and then do something else and then have it ready to fire later on. Um, assuming you get the chance to fire it again. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still looking for either. Hopefully getting a PVE roll. Um, I have one with frenzy and I don't even know what's in the third slot. Cause I looked at it and went ew, and then just put it in the <laughs> vault. Cause I didn't think I was going to get anything any better. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I just want one. It had spike nades. So I'm like, oh, cool. Spike nades frenzy. Mm -hmm. That's that's mm -hmm. PVE PVP mismatch there. But, uh, well, you know, well, it's a gun. I, spike nades is the second best in slot, like, for PVE. So, I, Fox, I think this next weapon is probably your favorite. Uh, the long arm, 120 rounds per minute. Scout rifle, PVE. We got corkscrew, tack mag, rapid hit, explosive rounds. Just a beautiful... Beautiful gun. I personally have been chasing <clears throat> the legendary uh, DMT equivalent, which would have like a fluted barrel, steady rounds, hip fire, opening shot. Unfortunately, I have not got anything. I don't think I have even one of one of five on that gun for a PVP roll. I've got a decent PVE roll, but um, I really want that hip fire grip in that in that third slot just to kind of help out. And, uh, but I'm sure one day I'll get probably like a two or a three out of five and I'll be happy with that. The, the, the gun that I seem to get dropped the most from this dungeon is the terminus horizon, which is the arc high impact frame machine gun. I've got some pretty decent rolls on it. I was trying to look them up, but you know, with, uh, <clears throat> our winter break that we have our API and all that is down. So PVE, arrowhead break, appended mag, rapid hit, volt shot, 
PVP, Arrowhead Break, Extended Mag, Demo, High Impact Reserves. All right, and that is it for Weapons Breakdown this week. So we covered seasonal weapons. We covered new dungeon weapons. There's a lot of uh, there's a few new world drop weapons that's pretty good out there. We're probably going to talk about the new world drop weapons next week. So now it's time for gambling corner, and I, I imagine there was a pretty uh, soft week this week in gambling. Right, Fox? Yeah. So I I think it's been six days since I've even logged on to Steam. So I was not present for any gambling this week. Uh, the sick sickness hit the Destiny Bad Boys house this past week. Between sickness and Christmas, pretty well took me out of the equation, uh, which really sucks because I was uh, really planning on using those uh, repeatable Eva Levante bounties in order to bake cookies in order to uh, get that. XP to be ready for uh, GMs when they start. Um, I believe our ongoing is still the 2K ante uh, from all of us, and it's the first to get Touch of Malice. Has anybody got Touch of Malice since I have taken some time off? Nope. I think I'm 0 for 53. 0 for 53. Jeez. That's pretty good. Those are Chad numbers right there, baby. Those, those are That's pretty good. Yep. Proud of you. All right. Um, does that take us to lore? Did, we, did either of you have a half-baked take this week, or are we straight to lore? I, I think we're going on to lore. Chad, what do you got for us? All right. Uh, let's see here. So this week we're going to be talking about the Warmind's Avatar armor lore. Um, you know, I, I got really lucky talking about Clovis last week since it led into this week's uh, lore. I can't wait to talk about the whole seasonal lore once the season's over. Uh, but we're starting off with the seasonal armor set for the week um, for this for this season here. And it's all about Osiris. Now, Osiris is a big, big, big person in this season, and he's going to be a, a main character come Lightfall for the expansion. Um, so it's important that we're in his head and, and we get into, you know, more into his side. Because so far we can see that he's, he's upset, um, he's angry, he's a little bit doubtful, um, and he feels like he's being treated like, like porcelain like a porcelain doll and he doesn't like it at all. Um, but uh, we're going to start off here with the Warmind's avatar helmet. And it says, trust him. He is not compromised. Same 14's voice echoes off the walls of Ikora's study. It would be hoarse if he weren't in EXO. They've been arguing for over an hour. Ikora crosses her arms over her chest. We can't know that for sure. You can't. Same 14 fires back, but I can. I see it in him, the frustration, the guilt, the pain. Osiris is telling the truth about his visions. I don't doubt that he is, Ikora replies, a note of frustration creeping into her own voice. But my hidden have turned their eyes to Neptune and found nothing. I can't ignore the possibility that Savathun planted those visions in his head to misdirect us. So you ignore his warnings instead, Saint asks pointedly. Send your spies for a quick glance and they and then bury their findings in a drawer. Is every word Osiris speaks forever tainted by the Witch Queen? Ikora says nothing in response. The silence drags on until Saint grumbles himself to himself and turns to leave. Saint, Ikora calls after him, warmer than before. Osiris needs rest. Please keep an eye on him. Why? Saint asks without looking back. I'm sure your hidden have enough eyes on him as it is. He leaves before Ikora can say another word. Alone in her study, she reaches into a drawer and pulls out a stack of papers, documents she had once been destroyed, ordered to destroy, but had instead preserved. Osiris's prophecies from a time when she trusted his every word. Warmind's arms. Caught alone in a tangled web, Osiris pulls the hood of his oversized cloak forward, Though he hopes to pass through the Batsa district unnoticed, the sharp beak protruding from his shadowy hood betrays his disguise. Elixni passerby stare at him with suspicion. The erstwhile warlock slips into a darkened corner of the ether tank where a bathroom floor 
or barroom floor bustles with both human and elixney gamblers who wager whether the war mind will be restored and how many civilians it will kill if revived on the far side of the room spider lords over the scene with satisfaction osiris watches him intent on finding a way to discreetly question him regarding neptune the elixney crime boss has cultivated a different set of informants than the hidden and osiris needs intel from the wildest widest net possible Suddenly, Osiris feels the hair on the back of his neck stand up, though he no longer has his light. Centuries of training have left his intuition as sharp as ever. He merges into the crowd of karaoke enthusiasts and surveys the room. Standing just inside the tavern entrance is another cloaked figure. Though their disguise is far more plausible than his own, Osiris can clearly identify the Praxic warlock Aonor Mahal. Osiris curses under his breath. He retreats through the back entrance into the chill of the night. Osiris feels the darkness close in around him and wonders who among his former allies still trusts him. Given everything, he wonders whether he should trust himself. The chest. Construction scaffolding casts geometric shadows across damp alleyways. Work is still being done to repair the damage caused by Gaul's invasion, and it is here in this place where rats scurry in the absence of citizens where Osiris lies in wait. He had been here once before, nestled in a crack at the foot of the Schnell building, cupping his hands to his face to hold back the dark tide of necrotic fluid pulsing from his... No, that was Savathun. But still the shadows remember him, and he remembers their embrace. Osiris stirs from his reverie the moment his pursuer enters the alleyway. He can see her shadow cast across the wall, penned in by the scaffolding's negative space. It is an optical illusion of a prison a trick of the eye. Aonor Mahal notices the configuration and appreciates the symbolism of walking into a spider's web, just before Osiris plunges from the darkness, grabbing her by the collar of her robe and slamming her against the opposite wall. Aonor grunts on impact, her gaze trailing down to Osiris's trembling hands holding fistfuls of fabric, while his stare is ferocious, his strength is lacking. She lets him hold her there against the wall, and the moment he realizes he's being pitied, Osiris releases her and takes a step back. Your mind is still sharp, Honor opines. It stings his pride, makes his jaw clench. What did you think was going to happen next? I'm not going to fight you, she looks him up and down. It wouldn't be sporting. I remember the day you were raised, Osiris says with hushed strength, curled up beneath a ruined bus screaming for help, too terrified to listen to your ghost, too terrified to hold the gun it had nudged under the wreck for you. Honor sucks in a breath through her teeth and smooths the front of her robe. I'm not here to hunt you, she clarifies. I'm here to keep you safe. From yourself is implied. To that, Osiris has no retort. He reconsiders his surroundings from his actions and shrinks away with regret. Warmind's legs. Every instinct tells Osiris to fight, and yet, I'm glad you could make it is the warm greeting that Saladin Forge gives to Osiris as he steps into a study aboard the Ascendancy flagship Eligos Lex V. Cabal architecture blends with rustic human furnishings that would not look out of place in the Iron Temple. Tea is already steeping when Osiris joins Saladin at the table, the aroma of black Assam bringing back ancient sense memories. I assume your tastes haven't changed much, Saladin says, gesturing to the tea. Did Ikora ask you to check on me? Osiris asks, and realize how defensive it sounds the moment it leaves his mouth. He masks his bitter regret by taking a sip of the too-hot tea. No, I wanted to check on an old friend. Saladin sits forward, cradling his own cup without lifting it from the table. But I see you survived a lightless encounter with not one, but two hive gods. I'd say you're doing better than most. The pride in Saladin's voice makes Osiris's stomach turn not out of uneasiness, but out of shame. And yet Saladin's certainty isn't patronizing. It's not in his nature to be. You're content here, Osiris deflects, among the cabal. Saladin shrugs away his question. Contentment is a luxury neither of us can afford. I am here. That's what matters. My place is here now, and humanity is better for it. A moment of silence hangs over the two, and Saladin is the first to brave that space. How long has it been since you and I took tea together? I can't even remember, Osiris says. So long ago that it feels like a dream, then quieter, 
Yolder was there. Saladin says nothing, focusing instead on his rippling reflection in the teacup. I should not have mentioned her name, Osiris adds softly. No. Saladin's response is swift and firm. I don't want Yolder's memory to fade like so many others. It may hurt to remember, but that pain reminds us that we lived. Warmind's class item. Data pads are stacked atop handwritten field reports stacked upon leather-bound tomes. They rest in a spot of sunlight, spilling through a round window draped with linen curtains, dyed sunset hues and framed by crawling ivy and wisteria. Osiris stoops over the table half in the beam of afternoon light and half out. An audio log plays on one of the tables with subtitles to translate the speaker's tongue of Ulurant. Atmospheric composition, hydrogen, helium, methane. Scans show no active structures or civilizations. Osiris clenches one hand into a trembling fist and scrubs forward in the log. Starship transit corridors near planetary body are non-existent. Lack of habitation ideal for concealing civilian fleet. No signs of prior human habitation. Cursing, Osiris sweeps the table off the sweeps the tablet off the table along with the books and notes. A scream rises from his mouth and he turns in rage. He locks eyes with Saint. Fury burns away to a cool ember of shame the moment Saint steps from the kitchen doorway. His partner is dressed in not dressed in armor, a sight few ever see. Instead, his broad shoulders are concealed by a loose poncho of magenta and lilac, bearing embroidered bird patterns spun by elixney hands. Saint approaches and gently cups Osiris' face in his hands. The gesture causes the tension to melt away and Osiris rests a cheek against Saint's fingers. Why are you so angry? Saint asks, his voice gentle and reassuring. It isn't so much a question as it is an exercise. I'm afraid, Osiris whispers into Saint's palm. That Ikora is right, that I, that I'm... It takes time for Osiris to make his fear real with words, but Saint gives it to him. That I'm broken. Saint pulls Osiris to his chest in a firm embrace, then presses a kiss on top of his head. You are not a teacup. He whispers against the shorter man's scalp. Please do not break. People do not break, and you are not broken. Osiris rests his forehead against Saint's chest, at once feeling humbled and secure. The embrace lingers for as long as Osiris needs it, and then when he finally leans back enough to look up into Saint's eyes, he says, Then what am I? To which Saint simply replies, You are enough. So Saint is really helping him out a lot, just being the rock in which Osiris can kind of crash against and reform over and over but uh osiris is hurting man he's hurting really hard and it's 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 definitely interesting to see someone that was always structured in the lore as the most powerful being that humans ever had um being brought down to a human level like this to a point of just just sadness and 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 despair and and he's he's trying to fight it as hard as he can but it's okay man it's cool it's it's good it's good it's good for the lore it's good for the story so kind of makes everybody brings everybody down to a more relatable level in my opinion and i i believe that jared you have anything no it just seems the the dialogue makes even more sense from the dungeon where he's like He's wanted himself to be right so bad to prove himself to Arcora again. So just, yeah. it just makes yeah. sense. <laughs> you can hear that's that. Kinda after, that's kind of after. That's kind of after the first. After the first boss fight, you kind of hear him with his little monologue that he has there. And I believe that takes us to the mailbag. Uh, what was your favorite Christmas Hanukkah gift that you guys received? Boxing Day. <laughs> Ooh. Um, for me, my wife got me Destiny themed coasters, so I got Hunter Warlock and Titan, and then the Bungie Tricorn coasters. So that was pretty neat. I got some like ice makers to make like the sphere, like the mm. the sphere nice. ice. Uh, I've really enjoyed this for the past week or so. After getting this, seems like a pretty crazy thing—an ice maker, like a little 
ice form is the thing I've got, but that's the thing I've used the most. I really like it. I also got uh, from my brother-in-law a Master Chief. I like controller slash cell phone holder for the desk Ooh. here, so that's pretty cool. Nice. I don't celebrate, so I got nothing. I got alone time, which was nice. My roommates celebrate, so they left town, so it's been nice. There we go. <laughs> Uh, question number two, who would you, who would give the best Christmas gift in the destiny universe? Uh, oh. it's gotta be Eva Levante, right? I mean, she would give probably the gift that means, the you know, she would food. give you like the best peanut butter fudge. That's oh, kind my of goodness. my favorite gift I get every year. Yeah. yeah I was thinking, I was thinking it was Mithrax that's going to give the best gift. Cause oh, he's like, it. Give I was going to say awesome Mithrax pack. too tech stuff that's like a machine yeah yeah he'll give you some machine thing and then something woven by their their uh their weavers kind of like like a saint has the poncho in this lore so you'll probably get something like that yeah i was i was definitely gonna say misrex or his his daughter ido uh question three uh with the last of us coming out on hbo in the next two or three weeks and the cyberpunk anime uh, what was that called? Like something runners, cyber runners or Ridge yeah. runners or uh, something like that. And the Witcher Netflix series that had like Henry Cavill or whatever in it. Um, how would you most prefer to see destiny in a cross media thing? I think like a cool, like eight episode Pokemon type anime, like that kind of style where, it's not like a full action anime, but you kind of get like pictures and that kind of stuff behind it. Something that's like, uh, I don't know what the style is. I'm sure Jack could tell me, but I think something like that would be cool to see for like eight or 12 episodes. And I don't yeah, want, I, I would not want like a part of the game retold via the story. I want a side story in that universe retold. I don't need a rehashing of the red war or of the witch queen okay. storyline talking like shin mouth storyline or, or something that yeah we just know something about, like that exactly yeah. exactly yeah. yeah that'd be dope interesting um, um i would actually like to see the the first collapse that they pick up there like that's where the the well, show yeah, kind of yeah. kind of takes yeah. off from and um like the media wise like it definitely needs to be animated i do not want a live action uh, Destiny Two. No, I agreed one hundred percent. I'm I'm gonna say Ryan kind of led into what Jared said, which I like gave me the same like kind of ideas. Um, I would definitely want this animated anime style um, by a Japanese studio, not an American one, because American animation is is garbo. Um, and like uh, they, studio the Ghibli or one of those. No, not, well, not Ghibli. Ghibli would would it would be too too much. It, they'd be good for a movie, um, but like the, there's there's a couple studios like the the artists that do like Bleach or 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 something like okay. that where it's it's more less cartoony, more more a little more realistic on their end. Um, but uh, yeah, could you imagine like a show starts and it's the end of humanity, <laughs> like with the collapse? Like it shows all these people fighting, and then it's just like within the first five minutes, just the travelers down, Rasputin fired, and the pyramids are leaving. Like, what happened here? <laughs> like, that would be crazy, man. I would enjoy watching that collapse happen very much, and then following the drifter around um, throughout his shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, because that would be a fun time. And the last question: Saladin v Saint v Zavala, who wins in a triple threat match? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to guess Saint. And I think, I think Zavala goes early and it comes down to like a Saint versus Saladin, but I think Saint edges him out at the end. Uh, Saladin's it's, humongous, it's, you know that. Uh, yeah. And he's it's, got that cabal training too, but I just feel like Saint's the, Saint's like the, the good guy. Good guy doesn't lose. Um, it's Zavala. He's the most powerful of the three. So I mean, 
Both those other guys are old. Like, Saint don't even have the light anymore. Yeah, he does. He has his ghost. He, I thought his ghost I think died. I never see. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain he has his ghost. He, talk, he found, talks about we, his ghost. We found this dead ghost in a mission on Season of Dawn. Yeah, that was in the past. We, we, we found him before that happened. It's weird, man. Saint's weird. Like I've never seen. I'm his not ghost, sure. Yeah, but I thought he didn't have his no, light. No, because remember, in season of the Lost, we're sitting in one of his bubbles. He has the light. Oh, he does have the light then. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, Saint would win. Yeah, so I thought, he, I thought Saint, he didn't have the light. Saint would have a nice cup of tea with Zavala and talk mm. him into um just just being a better man, and then <laughs> he would hug Saladin until he cried and broke down because of Yolder. So Saint would definitely be the last man standing there, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just big hugs all around. So, Fox, I think it's like the biggest question from last week that you missed was, I need to know your top three cookies out of the cookie aisle Ooh. at the store. Ooh. Like uh, real cookies or like salad yeah, and like cookies? If, you're, if you go into the grocery it's store like, to buy cookies. It's or like Apple Levante. Like, is it like vanilla blades and no, 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 no. dark no, no, chocolate no, no, no. moats? And... No. Okay. No, you are in the cookie aisle. Oreos, Chips Ahoy. Uh, Petra's farm. Uh, like so here's the deal. I'm not a huge cookie guy. Uh, however, number one would probably be fudge stripes from the keyboard elves. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is probably, probably an Oreo double stuffed. And number three is probably a the chewy chips ahoy. I want to say. Oh, okay. Now this okay. is not okay. like me. I wish I could have went to the grocery store and looked down the cookie aisle and made notes prior to this question. <laughs> but this is just based upon like top of the top of the head. Three great choices. I think you missed on the Milano's from Petridge Farm. I'm not a I'm not a huge Milano guy because okay. uh, they were always for rich people and I didn't grow up rich. <laughs> what, the, what? Get out of here! They came in a bag, man. The cookies come in a bag in the paper bag. It's expensive. Listen, they were rich, man. They were rich. Those are rich people cookies. Uh, I think that's all the questions and everything. I'm not Ryan Fox, the Destiny bad boy. I'm gonna let these other two guys sign off here. Uh, tough week in Destiny with the API being down, but the story mission is awesome, and the uh, the, the exotic mission is, is really good. If you're going to do Legends, you're kind of better off doing it solo than doing it with the fire team. Due to the fire yeah, team scaling. Yeah, due to the fire team scaling. Uh, the Legends solo is, is a lot of fun if you if you want to challenge. Um, way easier. <laughs> Weirdly way easier than, than with the group. But uh, definitely get in that Seraph, Seraph Station mission. Lots of fun. Um, if you want to run a dungeon, hit us up. Ryan's going to let you know. But uh, we're always down. Jared and I are always down to run dungeons. We're always down to get in a raid or two, get an orcs clear, and watch you guys all get Touch of Malice. Um, it's to us. Um, that's that's the way it's rolling this week. So if you want Touch of Malice, play with us. I remember follow us on Twitter at DestinyCCPod. Uh, watch us on YouTube if you're listening to the podcast. Go Cats. Love you guys.